feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Streaming Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're going to be talking a lot about kyber crystals today, I have a, a feeling. Yes. Yeah, a lot about kyber crystals. Yes, today we are reviewing all nine episodes of Star Wars Visions, the, antholo- the animated uh, anthology series, which is now streaming on Disney Plus. So nine different, not nine different studios, but um, seven. Uh, it's seven, seven different total. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anime studios tackling, you know, with the overall theme, which Eric just kind of mentioned after you see these nine episodes of Jedi, Sith, and lightsabers, essentially. It's kind of like the overall theme of all nine episodes. Um, I'm just think thinking we, to myself, sorry, I just uh, thinking yeah. about the kyber crystals again. Like, I just have that. So, the criterion of uncut gems is coming out in December. Does it come and with I, a crystal? <laughs> it would be amazing if somebody like edited the uh, th- that sort of. If image. you put that gem in a lightsaber, I don't want to know what comes out. I know exactly <laughs> the opal, yeah. um, but it would be just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uncut kyber crystals and Sandman mm-hmm. is uh, is trying to get As those. A Jedi. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be totally down for that. Um, we'll try. We're going to be mostly spoiler free. Um, I think, I mean, the episodes are out there for you guys to watch now. Um, if you don't want anything to be spoiled, I would say go watch them. Uh, I think they are worth watching and then come back and listen to our review. Or if you just want to kind of hear our thoughts, we'll probably talk about specific moments, but maybe not give away the biggest things. Um, but I think it's going to be hard to kind of dance around certain things, well, especially um, because of the length of them, right? They vary yeah. from, you know, uh, eight or nine minutes to 13 or 14 minutes. And, and again, like they're short. So the whole point of them is to kind of, you know, have this kind of punchline in the punchline in, in this, not comedically per se, but is like, you know, a twist or sort of a variation on the themes within the star wars universe and and watching this we were talking about it right before we started recording um you know you got to talk about the dubs versus the subs and to quote the band tlc i don't want no dubs (laughs) um and you know uh that is an ongoing debate in the anime community and just people who watch anime in general of should you watch a dubbed version or should you watch a subbed version or what is your preference? It's not even should you. You can consume it any way you want and I think that is the way you should watch this. Whatever you prefer, I do have a preference. I think Eric does as well. Um, and I'm not even I'm not even going to say I'm that all the time because sometimes I'm lazy. Sometimes I don't. I'm uh, I'm a you know an ignorant piece of garbage that wants to just kind of have it in english sometimes but or just lazy um, right like in terms lazy of not wanting to, thing, to yeah. read the subtitles and mm-hmm. train your eyes to go back and forth right so i think the default that disney gives you is english on this uh, and it has a you know a pretty star-studded cast you have people like dk drift king himself brian t <laughs> uh lucy Liu, joseph gordon levitt bobby uh, bobby moynihan bobby moynihan uh neil patrick harris hey, Bree. Uh, you got David uh, Harbor. Simu, yeah, David Harbor, Simu Liu, uh, Masioka, uh, Kyle Chandler, um, ton, Henry Goulding, um, and more. Lots of people. George Takei, Jamie Chung. Um, tons and tons of like A-list, you know, people who have worked with Disney uh, a lot in the past. 
and things like that. But um, yeah, Eric, I don't know if you want to kick it off there. You mentioned that is the ongoing debate. How did you watch this? You said you had some issues. Yes. Well, I ended up watching it with the uh, English dubs and I feel like I'll be rating this um, anthology series, this Japanese American co-production on a bit of a curve because I prefer the subs and it was just more of a technical thing with me where I just, I, it wasn't working in terms of getting the subs to, to sort of switch over. So I just kind of gave in and watched the dub version of uh, all uh, nine episodes. There originally was going to be 10, but then they um, basically the ninth Jedi got put into one. Put in, yes. Yeah. So I almost kind of think that they should have put the ninth Jedi as the ninth. Um, they episode. probably should have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Considering it's... where the last episode <laughs> ends on this really sort of dour note <laughs> yeah um yeah. but yeah like it, watching it you can tell there's something about manga and anime when it's adapted into you know television or films in english in english and that that translation there's something there because a lot of the times what the characters are doing they're externalizing their feelings or basically um, summarizing the plot uh, yeah, as the exposition talking. and things like that as they're kind of you know actually doing the plot <laughs> especially when it comes to family anything that comes you know that that, that comes across to do with like you know uh sort of a, a, a rift between uh sisters or brothers or what have you there's always this sort of summarization of everything that's gone up on up until this point and what it all means and i think when it's delivered by english speaking actors or you know actors that are generally you know their first language is english there's something lost there. And I, I even think in the, in the writing itself where it just kind of, it doesn't always work. Like we've seen, you know, you could go on YouTube and see videos of like, you know, how certain shows when they were adapted for American audiences, you know, like something like Pokemon, for example, you know, they, they would take sort of like even just the smallest kind of like cultural differences and tweak them slightly um, to make them more, uh, quote unquote, accessible for palatable, North, yeah. yeah, palatable for North American audiences. I think of like um, uh, sort of you know the food in 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 Pokemon specifically, um, or even in in Dragon Ball Z. You know, a show that uh, I think both of us grew up watching. Yep, there's a lot there that you can tell that you know the voice <laughs> acting and that aren't big name stars or anything like that, but there's still this sort of uh, this desire to overexplain everything to just basically give you the plot summarization in a way that kind of feels like it's, it's getting away from the moment, the scene, which is a very you... anime thing. Yes. But then I agree with you when you then translate that dialogue into English and have big name actors saying that dialogue, there is, it's more jarring, I would say, because I will say that I watched, sorry, go ahead. No, especially when, they're giving a performance as well as just reading the lines. Like you look at someone like David Harbour, David Harbour is doing this kind of very reserved, mm -hmm. low kind of, kind of voice that, you know, is calm, cool and collected to kind of represent the, the poise and, and, you know, um, centered qualities of the Jedi. But when he's delivering lines in that kind of, you know, talking like this and, you know, telling you exactly what's happening in the elder, um, it just, it kind of feels a little bit silly, uh, at times. And 
again, you know, they're, he's doing what he can with the material that, that how it's written, but it just kind of feels like there is something more to gain or appreciate if you're watching the subtitled version where so, maybe something yeah. there is, is, is it's more earnest. I can get into that. So I've, yeah, we both watched all nine episodes. You watched the dub version. I originally watched the dub version and then I've gone back to watch uh, the first three episodes so far, uh, the subtitled version uh, in Japanese. So uh, I also joined kind of funny on their kind of funny screencast for the first three episodes. Yeah. Of uh, of uh, uh, Star Wars Vision, so you guys can go over to their YouTube channel or podcast services. Just go, uh, kind of funny screencast. It's the first three episodes. I chatted with those guys, had a blast. Um, so I went back and watched those three episodes that we reviewed, uh, subtitled this morning. Um, and I think far and away, I enjoyed the subtitled versions better. Um, I just felt like the delivery, and it just you know these are pure anime stories that I'm kind of with Eric where you, there is a disconnect or when you hear a famous person's voice or the way that they deliver a line, um, you know, in, in Japanese and the way that these actors who are so good at what they do are delivering it, it doesn't feel as kind of strange as, you know, you hear it in English, even when you're reading along with it. Um, I do think some people did a better job than others. Like I didn't mind the English language dub in, you know, in the duel or uh, I didn't, I loved the Japanese version of Tatooine Rhapsody. I hated the English version. It's I terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I hated the English version. Like, I like I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bobby um, Moynihan just fine, yeah. but their voices are so distracting. Yeah. And then I even, just, now, was the song um, different from, from the version no, that was in- No, it's a similar song, which they probably originally did in Japanese and then just did an English translation and kind of went with the same kind of- It's the most 2000 like, song I've and heard And it is, and I don't time. mind that because even the guys on the kind of funny review that we just said, they brought up a good point being like, why everyone's going crazy is probably because they've never heard music like this, right? Because it does feel like nothing you've heard in Star Wars. It feels very earth- mid 2000s yeah like it, music, like it, right? it almost feels like, like you're uh, listening to some 41 or billy yes Talent. yeah 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 i thought of uh that as well and like and then i rewatched it in japanese and i thought it completely suited it so much more and i enjoyed that episode so much more the second time because it was my least favorite of all nine um yeah. when i watched it the tattooing rhapsody episode uh, i did not love allison brie um in the twins episode i thought neil patrick harris was fine but again re-watching that in japanese i'm like this is so much better um and then you go through and you get you know i thought the village bride the english language um dub was actually quite good uh the ninth jedi hit or miss on on who was in that cast that you brought up david harbour already kyle chandler in TOB one is fine, but I'm curious to go back and um, rewatch the rest of them in Japanese because I feel like if overall I I really really love this series and I've I just I said this um, we've talked about this a lot Eric that like the shackles of the Skywalker saga are off and we want Star Wars to kind of actually use this giant universe that they have and tell unique stories that aren't focused necessarily on Luke Skywalker or characters we already know uh, looky here the only episode that has characters that I know from other movies is my least favorite episode of the series because I feel like when they're actually able to kind of show you different worlds and show you different cultures and show you different you know 
people that we've never seen before in Star Wars and different stories we've never seen. That's when the series is at its best. And they're able to kind of do stuff that's completely unique and original. And we've seen a little bit of that in Mandalorian, but they still, you know, Boba Fett, Tatooine, like there are planets that they go well, back to. Well, the Jedi as well. The, but the Jedi, even in this series, are the main focus. And I'm, but that is Star Wars to me. Like, as long as you get away from. Scott Luke Skywalker the chosen one Darth Vader and like Anakin like that thing I'm fine I love the Jedi are the coolest part of Star Wars the lightsabers are the coolest part of Star Wars the Sith one of the coolest part of Star Wars so this whole show um talks about those things like they you know and that stuff was inspired by Japanese culture too right like yes well um, it's it I mean the duel which is my favorite of the nine episodes the way that it's animated, it looks like it was sort of rendered in charcoal and, you know, it has this classic style that deconstructs, you know, the genre. It's paying tribute to Star Wars, but ultimately kind of feels like its own thing, even more so than the other eight shorts. And that basically looks like you're watching like, Oh, what, what if uh, Akira Kurosawa, you know, did an animated star Wars short and Mm -hmm. you can tell that the influence from, you know, you, uh, seven samurai and Yujimbo and, you know, hidden fortress are all there. And I think that if that one short wasn't in the, in the group, I think I would have liked, um, uh, the what what's sorry I'm I'm drawing a blank on it the the forest bride the village, the village bride. bride that the was my favorite bride, episode where, yeah. where I feel like both of those are very similar yeah in in their sort of their structure and their 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 story points overall where you Fair. have the, you know the duel this Ronin s character coming into the town as though he were you know again a classic gunslinger type and what we find out about him is really interesting and i really love that his droid is wearing a casa um i think that that was kind of just like cute and in, in, in a in a short that's very serious and, and dark in tone um but then you have sort of you know the uh, imperialists kind of coming in and basically trying to tax uh, this village. And then in the village bride, you have the separatists coming in and wanting human collateral in order to keep this planet, you know, that's an environmental-esque sort of planet at bay. The, the people of this planet are very much one with uh, the planet. And it kind of just felt a little bit repetitive there. Um, but what I, I guess did, you like, run that risk because you're giving them to different studios and yes. you don't necessarily, you're kind of letting people tell the story that they want. So you're getting a couple ones that are similar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, the village bride is very, very good. I think the score is great. I think, um, the, the English dub voices are, are quite compelling overall. If I were to pick probably in terms of uh vocal performances for the english dub that would be the best one but there is just something where it's like i feel the duel kind of got it perfectly uh and it was like watching that one i was like man this is a, this is this is incredible but then yeah. again with anthology series and i've talked about this on the regular show and we've talked about it many times even in other reviews where you run the risk of not always being consistent and i feel that sometimes that 
some of these are better than others, but I am willing to go back and watch the subversions because if you say, you know, Tatooine Rhapsody is better as a subversion, I will go back and watch that because that was the one for me as well that didn't work. It didn't it work. The rest partly... of them I liked, I want to say, at least really liked to loved. I liked every single episode except for that one until I got went back and rewatched it. Is it still my least favorite out of the group? Yes. It's just music's not really my thing. And like, I like that, you know, he still um he escapes what i thought is order 66 at the beginning and i like that he uses the power of music but uses kind of his jedi training of being like i'm not gonna fight this with violence i'm gonna fight this with rock music and i kind of like that um but i agree with you the english dub really kind of threw me off and i just it made me not enjoy that episode yeah and and especially again when you have someone like joseph gordon levitt whose voice is so distinct and it kind of just feels a little flat in the performance where, you know, half the time he's just shouting um, yeah. and not really kind of emoting or adding anything that resonates with that character where like, yeah. I agree that like, you know, him being a, a Padawan, you know, potentially in sort of his story seems very compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I just kind of felt that, that some of the cycle did, repeat itself and as much as i do like the jedi i also again feel that you can even get away from some of that and i agree with that i I almost think after watching the series that the i'm thinking from my marketing brain if you were going to give people a brief and said here's what we want you to make like here's kind of the things to touch upon like it almost felt like the theme of this season of star wars visions was the jedi and the sith and lightsabers especially like i felt like how this show treats lightsabers as these like like incredible mythic kind of like uh, weapons and like how everyone treats them with such high regard in the whole show that um, whether it's kyber crystals to the actual building of a lightsaber to just all of that I think is really really cool and that's almost kind of what you see in every episode so I totally see what you're saying where it can kind of maybe feel repetitive but the one thing I'll push back on is that I never think it overstays its welcome and it's actually kind of amazing how much emotion and action and uh you know musical moments and everything they can you know cram into 12 to at the most 22 minutes right but like most episodes were between 12 and 15 minutes long and um i just i was really kind of infatuated with the majority of this series like i felt like they're the different art styles in each episode, having different studios, different composers come in, like it all felt very Star Wars, but each episode felt completely fresh because of, you know, you're changing up the art style. I think with What If, not to just compare it with another, like a Disney series happening, but it's an animated Disney series that's an established franchise. Like That's also an anthology. Um, that's also an anthology series, but then it looks like that will all connect where none of this will connect. No, that's um, a question I wanted to, 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 to ask you about because I was looking on <laughs> Wikipedia where all the information is correct. I mean, and, 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 and a lot of the times it's, it's vetted and, and you can find good information there. Yeah. But basically like it, it says, okay, like e- where each episode takes place within uh, the, the Skywalker timeline. And then you have the creator of this series coming out and saying, no, it's not, canonical in any way whatsoever yeah but it can still take place in a time frame without it being canon does that make sense like you still are looking at what's happened 
and then you're going, I want to place my story here, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's part of the canon. Like it's not actually like, I think you could go either way with some of this stuff. Like I think, um, some of it could be in canon. The duel might, uh, it says it's in an alternate like timeline universe kind of thing where it's like not, um, part of the main thing, but I think, and just inspired by all those things that you mentioned where I think you could pick and choose. And if someone really, if they find out people really love the twins episode or they really love X episode or whatever, they'll bring right? them back. Then right? they'll bring them back in some way, or we'll see them introduced in live action stuff, or we'll do like, I think that's, that could be where we're going or maybe just go everyone loved them. Let's make a whole series about them an anime series just on them. Or they'll do what we thought they were doing in what if where in a season two, we'll get more, you know, episodes from those studios. Um, that was I, my other major criticism. Yeah. I just want to jump on that quickly is, is that a lot of these episodes don't necessarily feel self-contained. They almost feel like at the end, it, it's they're almost leaving like it open. they're yeah. leaving it open as if like, would you like to know more? Yeah. You know, it's almost like a survey kind but of I thing. But I think it's okay. Like I could go either way. Like if you just ended a lot of these, I'd be fine with it. And if you leave them open to show more from depending on what people like, because like you said, anthology series, they're going to be ones that people really like and ones that people, you know, don't really care about. And we're going to find that out. And now that all nine episodes are out. Um, but I think more episodes than not, I really enjoyed just because of the change in art style, the change in characters and the change in settings. And like, even though they all had to do with the Jedi and ultimately, you know, dealing with that battle between light and dark and, and, uh, I, I kind of vibed with that and I liked getting away from Luke Skywalker. We know about the Jedi. We know about Luke. We know about that whole story. Some of this stuff takes place after rise of Skywalker, even some of it dirt between, you know, uh, Jedi and, and episode, um, uh, seven and, and, and even before like Phantom Menace, the, yeah. the elders so, like, supposed to take place before then. Yeah. So like that stuff is really, really cool. And it's exactly what I've been wanting from Star Wars is just we have this giant universe. I'm cool to focus on cool stuff that we like, like the Jedi. Just get away from characters we've already know. Like, But it is it, hard to because Luke is part of Luke's journey is becoming is, a Jedi, he is right? The Jedi. Yeah. So <laughs> tying those two things are so tied together that even though I, I don't agree know. with you, I, yeah. I well, I disagree there because. I think that them getting away from the direct Skywalker line or involving characters yeah. that can spin off is great. And I know I'm sounding more critical. I really like this series, but I yeah. do have to disagree there where the, the Jedi is so tied to the Skywalker experience that it is a little bit difficult to just unravel that. And maybe this helps because yeah. you have, you know, certain characters in post and pre and during, um, the events of, of the actual sort of mainstay franchise and even with some of the spinoffs to consider as well. But it's just hard to, because when you, when you think of the Jedi, the first person you think of is, you know, Luke battling Vader and, you know, Luke trying to win over his father back to, you know, the, the, the light. And, and for that, it's just, it's hard to not, not associate that when you, when you think of Jedi, like you think Jedi, you think, Luke, but I think, think Jedi is so much more than that personally. Like I, I, the Jedi have been around for, you know, forever, way before Luke, before Anakin even. And there's so much rich history there. And like, even after Luke, they'll be around, even though the movie's called the last Jedi and Ray and, you know, is a Skywalker now spoilers. Sorry. But like, um, I, you should see it by now. Um, 
I, I really do feel like there's such a rich history and like legend that you can kind of pay tribute to. And I think this show is doing a great job with that. And that's why it never felt, you know, that's such a small period of time in, in Star Wars that like, I get that it's the most important time I'm using air quotes, but like, um, I personally am totally open to seeing, you know, they're doing the high Republic right now in the book series. And like, they're like the Jedi are always going to be the thing in Star Wars. Like I love bounty hunters. I love the different kind of things that we can kind of get in the Star Wars universe, but like give me Dash Rendar. That's what I'll I Dash Rendar will return at some point. In I I'm hoping in the Boba Fett series that's coming this year that Dash Rendar will pop up. Even though is he dead? Like I forget what happens in this story. Yeah, like, Dash Rendar a, does die in yeah. Shadow of the Empire. Right. So Ah, you can fix that. That's not technically canon, so we'll, we'll fix Yeah, I mean, that. if the Emperor can come um, back, spoiler alert, <laughs> then anybody can come back. Yeah, there's some issues, but again, uh, I, I was cool. Like, I love, like, lightsabers, as I was a kid, like, all I wanted was a lightsaber, right? As an adult, all I want is a lightsaber. Eric, we if were two I could, different children. I wanted if, a rancor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. That doesn't surprise me in the least. Um, and the I had kid, a. I, love I had kid. Luke's green lightsaber, and like as an adult, all I've ever wanted—not all I've ever wanted—but I want so badly to go to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland or Disney World, and I want that gradient lightsaber that um, the twin has in the twin episode, where it's like kind of goes from light blue to pink. Cause it's something I've never really seen in, as you see, my background is pink and blue and like, it's almost like this, a popsicle, the, the grady. Yeah. It looks like that rainbow, like rocket popsicle. And like that lightsaber is so dope. And like, and like, that's, that's what this series to me did is just go, Oh yeah. Lightsabers are awesome. Jedi are awesome. And I want to see more stories that don't revolve around, you know, the Skywalkers. And like, I'm, I also want to see bounty hunter stories, or I want to see, you know, just random one-off stories that don't have to do with any of that stuff. And just people chilling on a planet, some farmers or something like I'm more totally moisture down. farmers in our yeah. anthology series. I want to see so, what they're up to. So I'm, I'm down for all of that, but I just liked, you know, how this kind of spun it on its head and you had like a, you know, Sith versus Sith, like someone who's left like the Ronin in that first episode, he's left the Sith and he's hunting down other Sith. And I think that's really cool. And like each episode had a moment where I'm like, that is fucking awesome. And like, that's kind of why I loved this series as a whole. And it all felt different with that same lens of like, you know, what's the coolest thing about Star Wars? It's the Jedi and the lightsabers. And like, let's just go really deep into that. And or not even deep because this the stories are pretty, you know, short. But I I I'm I was amazed at how much they could cram into that and how much emotion, like especially in that Village Bride uh episode, or even um, you know, the ninth Jedi, like being such a you know, it's the longest episode, but having that amount of like kind of twists and where that goes, which was unexpected. It's kind of a well. play on, on Agatha Christie a little yeah, bit. Totally. Too, um, yeah, totally. Where it's kind of, it's not a, not necessarily a murder mystery, but it's a mystery revealing like, you know, who's who and, and kind of who done it. Yeah. Yeah. I even liked, I even liked the last one in the sense of the animation style for, you know, to some people might seem quite crude, but what it reminded me the most of was, was Ralph Bakshi's um, work okay. from the 1970s and eighties. And for people that don't know who Ralph Bakshi is, he was the guy that 
basically helped animate and create the original uh, Lord of the Rings uh, animated uh, film that was just the the, the two installments, uh, oh, The Fellowship cool. and Two Towers. And then he made a number of fantasy movies into the 70s and 80s. And the one that it reminded me of the most was was a film called Wizards. And in that, um, the the these sort of weird, almost like Stormtrooper-esque characters, um, but they're like red and white and yellow ride these giant like creatures and those creatures look exactly like the ones that are in that uh that ninth uh episode mm -hmm. yeah no and i even love seeing like the designs in some of it looking like ralph mccory's original kind of art like you saw that in that twins episode again like in their um what do they call them they're like armor kind of dark armor that they're wearing kind of looks like the ralph mccory stuff just in a a sith version um yeah, I think it's awesome. Eric, do you want to quickly go through maybe like rapid fire? We'll go episode by episode and just give brief thoughts of what we thought. I know we've talked yeah, about sure. some of them, but I think we've kind of given an overall thing that we both liked it. I really do think that you should go and watch the subbed version. I think you should watch both, honestly. It's only a two hour and 20 minute investment. Like watch whatever one you want to watch first because you probably have a preference. Um and then I highly suggest you just go back and rewatch. If you enjoyed it, go back and rewatch the other version because I, I think it's really interesting. And it just, the tone almost feels completely different in certain episodes just based on, you know, the dialogue being in a different language and its original language that it was written in. Um, and if you, yeah, it, it, it was great subbed so i can't wait to finish watching it subbed so uh let's just go through episode by episode if you have any highlights eric that you really liked from it and then kind of say like liked it didn't like it loved it or whatever so the first episode is the duel which we've kind of already focused on a lot it's that kind of black and white i loved that only the lights were in color like yeah. i thought that was actually a really nice touch um shout out to so the I don't know the race. I think it's the Doug uh, Sabulba was in the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Droid. I laughed at that. When like I saw it was that, just yeah. a, a brief shot, but, and it's whatever race Sabulba is. I think well, it's Bosk Doug. as well. Seeing um, like a, Bosk, a Bosk yeah. type uh, yeah. a bounty hunter, you know, being a defender. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, for me, this is the favorite of, of the, cool. the standout episode of the nines. And again, it, it feels yeah. like it deconstructs or goes back to, because Lucas was as much influenced on Akira Kurosawa in Japanese cinema as he was, you know, Flash Gordon and sci-fi serials. So this Which is why much... this series, I think, is so cool because it's finally it's paying tribute to that. I think. Yeah. And it's going back especially. to the basics, right? Yeah. Like it's going back to what made Star Wars star wars to begin with you know those that umbrella lightsaber pretty dope yeah and again like, the the kasha that uh yeah. uh the his uh the Ronin's. that's on the r2 oh droid. yeah love it yeah love and it i R2 need more droids. hats on droids yeah i'm all for that the cluster rocket that um that droid sends out i think is really dope how the we won't say what happens but ultimately how the battle ends i think is is really kind of cool in in the waterfall sequence um i thought her look lucy Liu's character if, in the english dub i'll just reference that um she looked dope when her like kind of cloak goes off and her big hair and stuff i thought she looked awesome and it is pretty um, violent i think that's the other thing we should mention that it's yeah. not necessarily for young children um if you're no, thinking of like it is more violent than i expected i wrote that note down where it is animated so that's probably how they get away with that but right but there is some stuff and even in that first episode that i was like wow this is like i would not show a, a six or seven i wrote a couple this. notes in a couple episode being like damn that's dark for and like I, and i just love characters that are very patient 
And I love when like, you know, he tells the guy that's kind of working on his his droid, you know, like to get this done before the the the, the, the tea. tea kettle. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. That's I just his love cue. That that's his cue, right? Like, yeah. and it's so awesome. Like, and he's just like, "You better have that done." Not even threatening him, but almost just like, "Please get this done because I, I, I need this." Um, yeah, I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah, really love this episode as well. I'd say it's probably you know in my I forget what my ranking. I already put it on Letterbox, but I'm sure it'll change as I rewatch them in uh, Japanese as well. Um, Tatooine Rhapsody. We already talked about that one kind of in depth as well, where it's about a young boy who is a Padawan who looks like after Order sixty six escapes, gets saved by like Jabba's weird punk rock nephew or something, <laughs> like um, played by Bobby Moynihan uh, in the English. Yeah, Guy, right? And, is this? Yeah. It's like was he Jabba's nephew? He's related to him. He was supposed. He's basically right? supposed to take over the heir. Like he's supposed to be like oh, the next in line, and yeah. and basically. Uh, he, he ran refuses away and yeah. doesn't want to be, uh, you know, a, a, a crime lord, basically. Yeah. Um. So I think we've talked about it a lot. Didn't love JGL in this episode. And I just felt like the English dub was the weakest out of all of them where it just didn't translate well with that mid 2000s kind of punk rock vibe. And even it's score, too earthy, as you mentioned, yes, like it, it feels like it is, is too much. Term from our planet not a galaxy far far away and and i love the idea though that uh i think it was andy who brought it up on the review that we did where it's like yeah but then that might be something that like no one has heard in the star wars universe because it's you know very earthy sounding and i like right. that idea i just the music in the episode and even the score they went with a more like rock score not the classic kind of star wars sounding stuff because even when you get some of these you know composers that worked on anime and stuff like that like the japanese sounding stuff with the star wars music sounds really awesome together but in this when you get that kind of like mid-2000s punk rock even in the score it just like completely took doesn't me out work. of it like i was it, waiting for like stained or puddle of mud to show i do i thought the art style was cute um i i liked that um it, but they again, look like funko pops a lot of the characters they're like chibi a little bit right yeah. and like jabba and bib fortuna and that bib like, or, i will say uh, this bib fortuna is probably the cutest he's ever liked. <laughs> i have bib fortuna up there somewhere um yeah he doesn't look terrifying uh like jabba tapping his tail to the music i thought was really uh kind of dope as well and then just getting back to that like pod racing stadium is actually kind of fun too like but also uh, but, a little but you think you would see a dug there right and you don't <laughs> right you don't um so i i if you didn't like this episode i say go back and watch it in japanese because i enjoyed it way more in japanese i felt like this one's also probably more for like i think kids could watch this one yeah yeah that one's the most child like childish and i don't want to say childish but like for kids yeah uh episode three is the twins which we covered uh with neil patrick harris and allison brie uh did not love allison brie's vocal performance in this uh i thought neil patrick harris was fine but um, I do like this, this episode more than anything, Eric is, uh, reminded me of what you were talking about with that exposition of like, we were twins of the dark side and then going into like the exposition kind of flashbacks kind of thing. And even though it's only like really, really quick, I think that is the stuff that doesn't sound super great when it's just English dialogue and, you know, Alison Brie just sounds off. Like it just, she didn't sound menacing enough, I feel, or right. something like that. And um, of the three that we've talked about so far, it's the most that kind of reminds me of like 90s anime, where it's I whether agree. it's Sailor Moon or Gundam Wing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Gundam, where like, Ro- Robotech Nick brought up, because I know Nick's yeah. a big Robotech fan. And um, 
yeah, I think the the last act of this episode, it's a big kind of insane anime style fight with very colorful with pinks and blues and lightning and uh, the uh, gradient lightsaber I brought up and like jamming a kyber crystal into her dark armor and kind of getting these spider arms and then having like lightsaber whips and stuff. So like I really liked the action in this and I love the color and I actually did really like the art style. Um I just, the vocal performances kind of threw me off a little bit, um, but I like the X-Wing stuff. And then the Super Saber is what I was calling it. Like uh, when he goes Super Saber and then I I really liked too. I thought that was cool. The other question I had for this one though was, are their abilities so strong or is it because they've been basically, you know, created to serve a purpose that they're able to survive um outside or is there like a force field around that because the whole same question someone brought up and like i think it's just suspension of disbelief again i think it goes back to you throw the rules out the window in these kind of things where they kind of get to make up their own star wars rules and like because i feel like that's just part of the anime thing is like oh let's fight on the outside of these twin star destroyers which is also really cool and i even like i brought up the ralph mccrory stuff but i also think the planet destroyer ship is almost kind of like poking fun at that again like another planet destroyer but it's a on twin uh, star killer too yeah yeah so um yeah them being outside i don't know it could be either like they are the dark luke and leia or something like that kind of and like maybe they are very strong with the force in that way and it's kind of a juxtaposition on you know the chosen one the twins or whatever but um the chosen the ones, twins but- from the matrix reloaded yeah yeah so um i still really enjoyed this episode i love the colors and the art style and yeah everything. it was it was solid and again i just had just those like little questions there with the like totally just the breathing thing i thought that was kind of strange uh episode four was the village bride which is probably my favorite episode of the series for many of the same reasons eric said about the first one i think the duel and the village bride are fantastic um and very similar, but I, I see what you're saying there, Eric, but there's just something about the music and the art style in this and just the tone throughout the whole thing that I just loved the reveals at the end. I love that last battle. Like I love just the vibe of seeing what a, you know, we've seen star Wars weddings before, but like um, seeing this peaceful village and on this planet, like it's exactly what I was talking about of seeing more of this universe and seeing different rituals. And, you know, the Jedi are a big part of the religion overall, but there's different kind of, cultures and rituals people go through and i liked seeing that um in this episode do you know the jedi that they were referring to um when the protagonist comes to the planet and and uh, the guy that she meets with uh the bucket head uh he's like he talks about someone being on that planet or something like that no i'm not 100 percent sure that might be based on something or maybe it's just another his was it his master or something well i thought was it, was hers, it, was? Like her, it was hers like hers like she was the apprentice okay to, to somebody not, like originally. his bucket helmet was really cool though yeah but it also remind, reminded me of uh uh guns and roses bucket sure. yeah uh, but yeah. the other thing i did also question was uh i felt bad for the groom because having to carry the bride up that steep hill oh, he's gonna have that serious backpack. hernia problems yeah, later yeah. on in life absolutely but you gotta do what you gotta do man that is love um i thought the costumes in this episode like i that's what i love like the designs of all the costumes what's very colorful and everything yeah and i think uh that's why i vibed with it and um uh the reprogrammed kind of um 
droids from episode uh one and two the i forget what they're called are they the protocol droids the roger yeah. roger 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 like those droids yeah, like seeing the ones that are in empire them. right like i liked yeah i liked the idea that they reprogrammed them and kind of took them over oh um, and that's another japanese thing that's really important i think to to mention in this one and then also uh the one with the um uh like the adoptive sister is the uh the a character cutting their hair the long mm-hmm. sort of like you know which is a jedi thing too right yes but, but that's also yeah. a very japanese thing as well yeah. and, and also even very much a um a middle isn't Eastern it like thing. a stein a sign of like what restart like is it like it's like or be, starting yeah it, fresh or it's like... starting fresh but it's also like basically cutting yourself off from your family ties right okay and like tradition and like it it's it says something specifically about like you know in, in the case of mimicking the samurai when you cut that off that means you're not basically um sort of living that lifestyle anymore that you've gone rogue so to speak i always thought she was just a padawan up until that moment where she felt like she was now a jedi right because the padawans grow that little that braid oh god (laughs) the jedi braid is so bad it looks better on some people than others but no it looks it doesn't look good good. on anyone Uh, ewan mcgregor's did not look great it looks Uh, good on no one man it's okay to not like something here i think i think she could rock it she was rocking it um She's so, an animated character. I'm talking about real life actors. They should all. I it's as bad as Steven put... Seagal's ponytail. No, no, yes. no, no. I'm yes. team. I'm team braided okay. Jedi tail. You wear one for a week, and we'll see. <laughs> I my hair got pretty bad during the pandemic. I should have. I should have put it into one of those Jedi. It's so bad. Braids. It's so bad. Um, I love that. I got like during the final moments of that episode when the music comes in and the, and the final moments, like I literally got chills watching it where I'm like, I love star Wars and this is why I love star Wars. And there's like a great moment with her heels. She's wearing heels, but there's a great moment with her heels. And I just thought it was a fantastic like episode. And this is when I started to go, Oh, these are all going to be about, you know, the Jedi and, and, and lightsabers and the Jedi way. Um, then that leads into the ninth Jedi, which Eric mentioned at the top of the show was originally going to be two episodes, part one and part two. Uh, but then they just decided we're putting these all out at once. Why not just edit it into one big episode? So it was the most it was 21 minutes, which is basically a length of a full episode of like a, an anime, usually right, like with commercials and stuff like that. Um so yeah, uh, this one, uh, we mentioned it was kind of like a, not a whodunit, but a kind of a mystery kind of thing. Um, the music here, I think was like Ray's theme or like some of the stuff from, um, episode seven, it sounded like that's the, that's what the music reminded me of most. Um, I think Juro had a really, really dope costume. I thought the music in this episode was fantastic. Uh, the animation in this episode was super polished. Um, and I just love that exploration of lightsabers of having this guy who's like illegally building them they're like mood rings though weirdly (laughs) yeah well in this episode they were right like and i like that idea as well like we've traditionally only seen lightsabers in like one way at least in uh, again a lot of the stuff we're talking about is like mainstream star wars canon right like eric and i are big fans of all of the main star wars stuff and then we dapper a little bit into like for me the video games comic books but like the the novels and stuff like that i don't think are something that we really um yeah i've only uh, read jabba's palace and yeah. that was like back in high school um so. but i just like that those lightsabers adapts 
adapt to who's using it. And I think that's such a cool concept. Like usually it's just, you get a Kyber crystal, it's colored. Like if you're a Sith, you're going to get a red one. If you're a Jedi, it's blue or green. Maybe if you're purple. Mace Windu, you're going to yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're going to get purple or like stuff like that. And I like in this episode, they're like, no, it adapts to like Eric said, a mood ring, which I think is really funny and like, but really cool of like, if you have evil flowing through you, it will be red. And if you are, if like, if you have good flowing through you, it might be blue. It might be green, depending on the thing. It might be pink or purple, like we saw. And I like that. It's such good storytelling for me of like through that, where they don't even have to spoon feed it. They just give you that one line of dialogue. And then throughout the episode, you see, um, is the main uh, girl, uh, Juro? Is that, is that? I think so. Yeah, that, yeah. 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 The, the daughter um, of the, um, the, the, the lightsaber of Smith. Simu Liu's character. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So sh- her kind of like, whole arc in this and the storytelling just through how her lightsaber is colored i think is so great is so awesome and i think the twist in the episode was something i legitimately didn't see coming and i thought was really really cool there's um, something clunky there though that i that i wasn't we'll sure after, worked but, out as well yeah. with, with pertaining to one character um and what happens with them halfway through uh, a fight oh, but again i get what you're saying yeah i know exactly yeah what it's saying. kind of yeah. it's kind of a weird like turn on a turn um and it just kind of feels like maybe if this was like a half an hour longer they could have done something more with it that involves or... the the purple lightsaber which i oh, just yeah. brought up too yeah it's yeah. yeah. the middle ground <laughs> yeah and and oh and i really loved the uh tea drinking droid in this in this one oh, i thought he yes. was amazing he's awesome just yeah. awesome he's um, he like if i was a character in star wars that would be me and then um bringing up the violence like i felt like some of the stuff in this episode was quite this is dark not for and, kids um, either quite dark and quite violent like it, but it also teaches animated, you but... not to judge a book by its cover in terms of like who you suspect to be a sith or like you know you should never judge somebody based on just their their looks right like i that's, agree yeah and then it was just a love letter to lightsabers so i just that's why i really love that episode um episode six was uh t-o-b-1 uh, which is kind of goes back to more of a cutesy art style reminded me of almost like a Dr. Robotnik Sega. Um, this is that episode, right? With the little, yeah, robot. yeah. He's like, kind of like um, um, Astro boy or yeah. what was the, what was the character that the war amputees always used in those, right. Um, I know those what you're PSAs talking about, where he's, forget, he talks yeah. about like put, taking his arm back off. Yeah, like yeah. He, he's kind of like that a little bit. Yeah. And it reminded me of kind of a Sega. If people are video game people like the professor in this kind of reminded me of like a nice version of Dr. Robotnik and there's no, who creates Sonic or no, who creates, maybe it's not Sonic. I'm talking about, uh, good, uh, good professor Sonic. But this character is also very much childlike. And there were times where I was thinking, like, is he like no, actually Mega Man? That's what a, I'm thinking. A, oh, yeah. He does kind of look a little like Mega Man. Um, is he a droid or is he an android? Like, I was thinking, like, maybe this was like. I thought he was. Was he a real boy? Yeah. Yeah. Because it has Pinocchio kind of qualities to this one as well. Right. So um, if you look at some Mega Man art, like the professor in this looks exactly like. Like this is a very Mega Man ass episode, and that's what I was thinking of. That was my. That bad. was the original title um, of of this episode was Mega Man ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if you look at not even Doctor Wily because he's uh, uh the bad guy. Who is this guy? I'll send you this photo. Um, Doctor Light, Doctor Light from Mega Man. Sorry, people are probably screaming at me as I'm. Um, 
search Dr. Light Mega Man. And that's exactly what I was thinking of this whole episode. And like even this uh, little robo boy like is 100% Mega Man. So like this episode is basically like if Mega Man became a Jedi, which is really dope. <laughs> but like, yeah, he does look uh, like that. And and Pinocchio again, like yeah. there is that. It's like, I, I'm going to become a real boy. But instead of becoming a real boy, he becomes a real, a Jedi. real Jedi. Yeah. And I like that. Like, I, I, again, not my favorite episode. I think this is maybe one of the more slight episodes where like I think all in all this might be one of the more forgettable ones yeah and i it's you know the two cutesy art styles are the ones that i just didn't vibe with and that's another thing about this show is like i think your interest or how much you enjoy each episode like if you're a big anime fan there are going to be styles of anime that you like and dislike where this is covering like a wide range of them so there might be certain episodes where you're like that art style just doesn't vibe with me or I don't like that voice cast or I don't like that studio even. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I liked this episode for some of the stuff that I was saying, like a, you know, a, a robot wanting to become a, a, a droid wanting to become a Jedi. And it reminded me of Mega Man. I kept thinking Sonic, but I was thinking Mega Man. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't have many notes on this episode cause I was like, Oh, that's cute. And then kind of moved on. It's the um, one that also in terms of its animation style or just even, some of its themes doesn't necessarily fit overall into the star Wars sort of plethora. I think like this is the one that kind of feels the most far removed. And I think it's partly because of the animation being, you know, kind of geared towards maybe a younger audience Mm -hmm. or looking sort of more adorable in its portrayal of, of the characters. Um, But would probably also make a very great video game. uh, As as you mentioned with Mega Man. Now I can't stop thinking about Mega Man. Did you like Mega Man? Mega Man? I did. I did as a kid. I, I that was one of those characters that I just liked the design. Oops, uh, I actually wrote Megan Man. Um, episode seven was the Elder. Um, I liked the camaraderie here between uh, the Master and the Jedi. Uh, the Hunden food. Um, again, I just like visiting these other planets and kind of uh, seeing the different vibes of them all. And like the music in this, I thought was absolutely fantastic. It's also a great procedural, I think, in terms yeah. of investigating, you know, a potential uh, dark presence and sort of, you know, like the the younger apprentice kind of being really eager to, you know, find action and sort of get involved in sort of more than just patrolling the universe. Like it's Which almost like a police procedural with an- yeah. Jedi's. No, and this I love true that. detective. Literally. And that's the great thing. And we talked about that in what if in these anthology series. And I think that's something that you can do really well is like take a subgenre and apply it to star Wars. Right. Like we talked about one being a mystery. We had that in what if as well. And like we talked the classic, you know, um, Kurosawa movie kind of in a, in a short time frame. And like, that's, what's kind of fun about this. And this is also sort of a, not necessarily a mystery, but like, like you said a procedural of like who this guy is and and why he's on this planet and things like that and the, this went back to the 90s anime that i kind of remember too of just the he's like an evil like, like the, the master roshi yeah like, but like the, if he was villain. totally yeah. evil yeah. yeah um and hadn't and he, eaten in a week <laughs> right and he was just such a cocky asshole that like well james um, hong is so good at that like yeah. in terms of voice work this like, is a i like the voice cast in this episode i thought they did i a do too i do too I, I mean even though i talked about david harbour being just kind of a little bit more sort of mannered in his performance like i get what he's doing it's just that sometimes the writing itself when he's delivering it does sound you know it, it just doesn't match sort yep. of the the, the i'm excited to watch tone. this one in japanese though too but yeah yeah and just going back to james hong you know just a treasure that guy has been in over like 
well over a hundred different films, television shows, you know, in bit parts. And I mean, he's best known as Lopan in, in Big Trouble in Little China. Um, but yeah, he's just so good as kind of like this menacing force, but also sort of comical and it can be very misleading uh, up until, you know, the character really kind of shows what he's made of and yeah. you know how much of a threat he is even at his age yeah um, which that. i thought was um, really well done i love the rain on the lightsaber is something oh I yeah the really steam thought about the steam coming oh off yeah the, was so awesome that was and good. then the pink lightning was dope as well um and then there's some other stuff at the very end of the episode that i would love to bring up but i don't want to spoil anything um i also loved that the guy's name was dan (laughs) that's just funny to me like dan the jedi is hilarious to me like i know he's a padawan in this but like um dan the jedi is just the funniest sounding thing like when everyone has just dan now dad yeah yeah that's exactly (laughs) what i was thinking of Oh man. But it is funny um, when you get like you know the, it, again with the translation you're getting some character names that are are still, you know, Japanese character names that translate and then you're getting mm-hmm. other characters like Dan. I'm or, curious is his name Dan in I, the Japanese version too? I don't but know. Like, I, oh. I I would be curious or like even like Am like like you think like those names and it's just weird when like you see the English translation of some of those names. Yeah, and and Dan is Dan the Jedi. <laughs> it's so funny. It'd be great um, if you had a business card and it just said Dan the Jedi. <laughs> Dan Jedi. Um, but I just like like the circle of life in this, right? Of of dealing with death and you know, um Jedi and Sith and balance and everything kind of comes full circle. So that's kind of what I liked uh this episode was playing with. Uh episode eight was Lop and Ocho. Um, really liked this episode too. Again, sticking with those familial kind of things we broke, uh, we've brought up of family and, and Dominic Toretto's favorite episode, probably this one. Um, even though multiple episodes deal with family. Um, but I loved how grainy and, 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 um, even if it was added in post, like digital film grain, like I still just right when the episode started, I'm like, I love this in widescreen with the film grain. I love this animation style. Um, I loved the design of, uh, sorry, I got to get her name of, oh no, of both, uh, Lop and Ocho. Um, I like her kind of looking like this kind of like rabbit creature, um, thought that was dope. Ocho's, Ocho's the, the, the human sister, right? Yeah. And Lop was the rabbit girl. That is, she is a little extreme when she bites her, uh, thumb and and uses that as like eyeliner. I was like, you don't need to do, they could have just given you some like man some, some foundation or something but um this is the episode again where i find like there's a lot of exposition and externalizing sure. where like you have the fight between uh ocha and her father mm-hmm. and the father kind of being this proud man of tradition and sort of again where the story goes containing the jedi stuff him basically saying everything that has been that's happened up until that moment where like you know you're the you're a daughter you're supposed, it's yeah, basically yeah. when like you know you're Obi-Wan, explaining it yeah yeah when obi-wan in revenge of the sith is like anakin you were the chosen, the chosen one <laughs> yeah we were friends i have the higher <laughs> ground <laughs> you know like that's basically what they're doing but there's just something that like again it, it, it loses some some meaning maybe in the translation when you have it dubbed i get that um, yeah but i but i like the idea of the two sisters but again this is another one where like it didn't feel complete to me and it was almost like this one was very confident and like okay these characters will be back 
you know like yeah i could see that and i i definitely get that um i loved the dragon ball z scouter i think like the, the oh yeah the uh, uh the the power grade uh, yeah thing yeah that yeah is, so i'm like it's over yeah. nine thousand. yeah but i didn't awesome. get what it was for in this what was it i think she for? could just scan things and it would be like attached to some internet database where she could probably like because i feel like she uses it at one point and the dad or something tells her she doesn't need to, use need to it see or it yeah just look yeah, yeah. with your eyes just look it with your eyes so it must Which be could like be a, 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 a reference to people using their phones that, right? i totally agree with that um but yeah i love the heel turn and just um the idea that you know you don't even have to necessarily be a Jedi for, you know, you know, with lightsabers and stuff like that. Like, again, I think well, you don't have to be blood right in order yeah, to be family and that too. I mean, that's yeah. what Dom Toretto has been teaching exactly. us all along. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but I think there's some cool stuff in the last uh, and then the music just slaps so hard throughout this whole series. Um, and I think, it, you know, the end of this episode, I agree with you, is just asking for more or assuming you'll get more, um, which it won't always be the case. But um, I totally think it's OK sometimes to leave these on things and you just get to make up what happens in your head. That's not the worst thing in the world either. Um, and then episode nine, the final episode, uh, Akakiri, Akiri. Um, so basically uh, in this one, I'm trying to think, oh, this is the one you talked about, Eric, with kind of the more crude art style a little bit. Yeah, right? which is kind of referencing Ralph Bakshi specifically. And then you have this, you know, uh, Jedi who's returning to a planet to assist uh, a former princess who's been exiled. Right, right. Back to her um, her. Uh, palace and, and there's then a double sort of, crosser in the palace yeah yeah and then there's another double cross and sort of there's yeah. a twist with uh this jedi who keeps envisioning um something and again That's it kind of reminds you, you of yeah, anakin yeah. a little bit as well where it's like i have to save her Padme. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just you know part of the overall themes of it all right like I, yeah. again going back to the music and this you get little like kind of drums or bongos or whatever in the background that i thought was really cool the establishing shots in this episode were absolutely gorgeous like when they would pan out and you just see someone walking across like the forest or a vista or something like that i thought those were really really great i do think um, it is the darkest of the nine episodes especially where it ends and it is just interesting where th- why they decided or whoever decided this would be the last, the last episode one, for season yeah. one and it's just kind of an interesting like i'm not against it it's just weird to think that like Oh wow, you're you're going out on it's not even really a, a cliffhanger because you could say, oh well, you know, Empire um strikes yeah. back did that. Well, you know, we knew that there was going to be a return of the Jedi. With this, it's just kind of like, you know, it's showing you sort of, you know, a Jedi succumbing to something. And it just kind of me to me feels a little bit like, oh wow, like I could see a lot of people reacting to this one and being like, Oh man, this left me on such a uh, you know, a, a low note. At the yeah. End and it'll it. be curious to see in season two, if they bring it back, like, will they do the same studios doing continuations? Will they maybe spin off something like, um, into like a full anime series about one of, one of these like universes or stories or something like that. Like, um, but in this episode specifically, I liked the different style of lightsabers you saw. I liked that the lightsaber strokes as the, um, the one guy was fighting felt more samurai like, like they were the, those kind of, very swift like um he's barely moving but he has really like well, it's all about the stance right yeah. and all about the, exactly. the waiting and and sort of just the patience it's not as bombastic as some no. lightsaber fights it was very samurai like and i really liked that 
Um, but yeah, it ends on a dark note and, um, which is a really interesting place to leave it. But, um, overall, I think the series is awesome. I would take 10 more seasons of this and whether each season tackles a different subject, if it's all going to be about kind of the Jedi and different stories about the Jedi, like I'm open to any of it. Like I'd even like to open this up. It's like, okay, this season was anime studios. I don't know whether, what other style of animation studios you could, you know, reach out to, especially independent ones that aren't in a big like corporation or something like that. But um, I'd be open. Like it just brings me going, Oh, I would love to see Pixar do a star Wars or a Marvel thing, or I would love a 2d Disney animated like, Oh, other thing. I just miss 2d animation, man. Like, right. I know anime's always kind of been that and still is. Um, but you know, North American animation has kind of gone to full CG and more, you know, still cartoony, but you know, really or they cut corners, like, right? In terms of its yeah. adaptation, because you even look at uh, stop motion animation and how they've basically uh, used 3D printers to kind of cut corners when it yeah. comes to facial. Or you can expressions, just upload right? the facial expression on the computer and animate their face that way instead of actually having the different faces and different things like that. Um, so I just I miss 2D animation. So to see a whole series where there was only a couple CG shots in the whole thing um, was so refreshing. And I think that's why people still love anime. And like even me and you, we we liked it when we were younger. Like recently, like I I've always been interested into getting into something. Like I watched people will roll their eyes if they're big anime fans, but I watched like Neo Yokio on uh, on Netflix, which is kind of you know, an American anime satirizing the genre with, um, uh, what's his name? Jaden Smith and, um, and like, <laughs> and Jason, Jason Schwartzman. And it's from the guy, uh, the musician from, uh, a vampire weekend. Uh, I forget his name, but, um, the guy from vampire weekend, it's not Zal Bat Mangley, uh, his brother, uh, no, is no, it? No. Oh, no. Vampire weekend. I'm going to get his name. His name is oh, Ezra Koenig. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ezra Koenig is the creator of, of Neo Yokio. That's a great Star then, Wars name. Yeah. I, that I mean, would have been a good a Star Wars name. Get him to do one because Neo Yokio, I, it got very mixed reviews and I feel like hardcore anime fans probably didn't like it, but Nevis loves it. I loved it. It's very weird. It's kind of like if Wes Anderson made an anime, like that's how I kind so of- So it has a kind of tweed um, quality Yeah. To it. Yes, exactly. Um, I also really, I have the whole series of Cowboy Bebop talking about, you know, animes based in, you know, space and stuff like that. And, and, uh, being a sci-fi, uh, I do want to watch that before the live action Netflix series. And yeah, as a, as a kid, I loved Pokemon. I love Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um, well, there's a lot of also um, just kind of adult quote unquote anime that's inspired a lot of American, um, filmmakers like Darren Aronofsky specifically, like a huge influence on some of his earlier movies, like pie and Requiem for a dream, um, is from perfect blue and mm -hmm. perfect blue for people that don't know, um, is this just completely out there movie musical about a pop star that is literally entering sort of like this weird sort of psycho melodrama. And um, it's one of the most unsettling uh, experiences I've ever watched. And I remember watching it as a teen and thinking to myself, like, it's just one of those movies that if you see it the right age, I think it can really hit you in terms of like what you're influenced by. And I just remember watching that and, and thinking, wow, like this is like, 
you know, on par with, you know, some of the best surrealist filmmaking, but even stuff like, you know, Taxi Driver and, and, and stuff. And it recently got a new Blu-ray release through um, Shout Factory. And it's, it, again, like there are shots that Darren Aronofsky has lifted from yeah. this movie. And I mean, even like speaking of other filmmakers lifting stuff, I mean, like you look at something like Paprika that, you know, Christopher Nolan has taken quite a bit from and in, in, in using in, in movies like Inception. Um, and we mentioned Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, like in terms of like the American stuff that we've you know seen that's been vetted from from japanese uh television and film and and even yeah you mentioned pokemon digimon um there's there's tons of it and so um thinking of both like the idea that like some of it's for kids some of it's for more of an adolescent crowd and then you get into you know the kind of the the harder stuff the stuff that is a little bit more kind of edgier or not even necessarily violent you know it, it can be something um as whimsical as you know uh your name you know it, yeah. it, it doesn't have to be necessarily like hard r violence or, or action, nudity or stuff like, stuff that. like yeah. that yeah yeah i i can't wait to see um what they do next with this series if it goes in a different animation style if they stay in anime and give it to different studios if they invite some of these studios back to do second stories uh, from the ones that were left open. Um, Eric, how did you want to go about reviewing this? Because it's kind of hard. I think we should like, rate it. I think we, okay. we've seen, for the first season, we, we've seen all the episodes. And we could come back and review it after seeing season two or compare it or what have you. But in terms of watching the nine episodes and looking at it as a whole, like it's not like other shows that we've reviewed in the past where we've only seen a couple of them and we can't give an overall review where this, I would feel more comfortable with giving a rating given that we've watched them all. Okay, cool. So I'm trying to look at my ratings here. I think I get, I rated them all on Letterboxd. So right, I'm so going to average it out. I'm going to kind of average it out. So I think I'm going to give this series a four out of five. I really, really liked it. I think like Eric's mentioned on a lot of anthology series that we've talked about, some are going to be better than others. Uh, my favorite episodes uh, being The Village Bride, uh, The Elder, Lop and Ocho, uh, The Duel, those are kind of the upper tier of ones that I all think are like four star and above. And then you get some, you know, three, three and a half. And then, you know, I gave Tat Tatooine Rhapsody a two and a half on my first watch. I would probably bump that up to a three. So I'm going to land on a four to five. I really, really like the series a lot. Yeah. And again, I was critical throughout this, but I think it's important to sort of look at what this is doing and sort of not be afraid to kind of sort of deconstruct some of these ideas but i will also give it a four out of five and this even though you know we we've gotten a lot of star wars since you know jj abrams brought it back i would say for the most part everything that we've gotten here has been either worthwhile um or at least interesting um and i think my biggest hesitation going into this was thinking this could just almost be sort of a cash grab um because I, the, the one thing I kept thinking about before even watching this was with the matrix where it became so popular and the matrix, they, the animatrix, which is terrible. Like it is so, I bad. don't remember it, but like it's so um, half baked and like a lot of it again is, is not about, I'm going to rewatch it or, before matrix four. Right. Out, uh, well, good luck. <laughs> You're going to need it. Um, and, and l thankfully with star Wars visions, 
it didn't end up being that it felt like it was more than just okay we've been commissioned to do something that is within the star wars universe like they're actually bringing something to the table then it's just not like okay we want to make some extra money on this you know franchise that we you know we can exploit further where the matrix movies even the sequels felt like that in my opinion and even more so the animatrix which nobody remembers unless you were <laughs> like a you know, diehard yeah yeah and it's just i just remember watching that and thinking to myself how terrible it was <laughs> well thank you all for listening it's definitely worth your time i say watch it both subbed and dubbed i really think it's worth it uh it, and it looks great uh eric too on because you probably watched all the screener versions i watched them in like on disney plus today in 4k in dolby vision and it looked spectacular because our screener versions sometimes don't look the best but um if you guys want more star wars visions talk uh like i mentioned i appeared on the kind of funny screencast today you can head over there to get uh tim and andy and nick's uh impressions as well as mine uh barrett pops in a couple times so you can just search for kind of funny screencast on youtube or podcast services and you should see a star wars visions episodes one to three kind of reaction so i popped up over there uh let me know how you think i did i was nervous and i felt like i was way more comfortable here because like i'm always just comfortable with eric and not that those guys are hard to talk to it's just i'm always like I feel like there's pressure, even though there's not. Did you um, talk about McDonald's days? No, not yet. Oh. No. Oh, uh, because, uh, yeah, Greg put out the McGriddle. Are you a McGriddle or a McMuffin guy? Do you know what uh, I'm talking about? I mean. So Greg Miller of Kind of Funny. Yeah. He put out Mc- McMuffins are better than McGriddles. And then all the McGriddle people came at him. And then he posted the question, are McMuffins better than McGriddles? It kind of took off rule. I don't his, know about griddles. Uh, it took off on his account. McDonald's jumped on it, did official thing on their account. It's all because of Greg. It made it trending and stuff like that. And it's always been 50, 50 on the vote. And it boggled my mind of I like, I've ever had a griddle before. A McGriddle. Griddle, They're like no. the pancake, uh, instead of, uh, like, it's like a pancake bun. Um, for an egg McMuffin. So no, you still get the you. No, egg thank and you, cheese. Sir. You no, get, they're good. Thank you. I bet you when you have, I'm not here to shit talk McGriddles because like I like a McGriddle, but a McGriddle is like a, you know, a treat, a special treat. You're like, you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little an sweet egg, this morning. An egg McMuffin um, or a McMuffin in general was is the universal. unofficial sponsor of TIFF 2021 for the Untitled <laughs> Movie Podcast. I ate like a hundred egg McMuffins during, did I order a McGriddle once? No, because I feel like that's just, again, it's a weird sweet treat you want once in a while where you're like, I want pancake buns. <laughs> like maybe if I'm stoned or if it's just like, I haven't had one in a long time and I'm like, all right, I want a McGriddle. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be stoned that early in the morning, most likely, but because I think they only serve the McGriddle till 11. Anyways, uh, check out all of our reviews over <laughs> on uh, Untitled Movie Reviews on YouTube and podcast services. Uh, you can catch our main show over on Untitled Movie Podcast, same spots. If you want like a one-stop shop for everything, head over to Untitled underscore Movies on our Letterboxd HQ. We'll have links. I don't know how I'm going to upload these because we'll have to like rate each episode individually or something because i don't think they have it up as a whole i'll figure that part out um but as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric martin you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at em6211 until next time i don't want no dub a dub isn't going to get any love from me hanging out of the passenger side of his best friend ride trying to holler at me.
may the force be with you.